I believe that it's possible to self-publish to the same quality and standard as traditional publishing. Welcome to the 1100 Project with me, Stuart White, author and founder of WriteMentor. I want to see if it's possible for me to self-publish, sell 1,000 copies of my book and get 100 reviews within 12 months. You'll be able to follow my progress via this podcast. The publishing landscape is changing and I'm ready to take a different path. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the 1100 Project with me Stuart White. It's been a little while since we last had an episode of the 1100 Project. It's about two months if I look back correctly and so today's episode is going to be a little bit of a a catch-up and a summary of all that's been happening since I last spoke with you as well as looking in more depth at some of the various stages that I've gone through in my self-publication journey and process. So first of all I just wanted to say thank you if you're listening to this and if you've stuck by the project despite the the long time between the episodes. It really does mean so much to me that so many of you are tuning in to listen to it or to watch it if you're looking at it on YouTube and it it means a lot to me that I've had so much support about this um, self-publishing project and journey that I've I've gone upon. One of the, the, the real joys that I get out of it is about sharing the process and hopefully giving people an idea of what it's like, maybe a bit of advice and some tips that might help you if you're going to self-publish yourself at some point in the future. Or perhaps you're just coming along for the for the, the narrative, for the story, to see how things pan out and to see if I can achieve the reasonably ambitious goal that I've set myself in this project. So thank you if you are still listening and you are still with me. I really do appreciate it. So what has been happening over the last two months since I last spoke to you? Well, it's been quite a challenging time for me, to be perfectly honest, and that's part of the reason why there's been such a long period of silence. Um, I, I don't think I could I could manage to have the capacity to record any episodes during the, the last two months simply because of everything that's been going on up here. As writers, we suffer quite severely, I think, from from imposter syndrome, from self-doubt, from valuing ourselves as creatives and the work that we do. And it can be quite easy as, as time goes on to forget about why we, we took up writing and why it is we want our books to be published. And I think for quite a while I had forgotten that and I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. I was remo- extracting all of the joy from the process and I was forgetting to do the things that brought me happiness and brought me into writing in the first place and were the, the core motivators in me wanting to write uh, books for children. So I think that when when that when that goes away, it, it can become quite laborious and feel quite quite difficult to to continue at times and to to slog through the the more difficult times. 
So that's a little bit of a, a psychoanalysis of my my headspace over the last couple of months. However, the good news is I've, I've finally, I think, gotten over that and I've gotten through the, 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 the thick sludge, the depth of the swamp of despair. And I'm, I'm through the other side now. I'm, I'm slowly wading back out again um, and I can feel a lot more freedom and movement and, and joy in, in what I'm doing as I'm, I'm progressing forward at this stage. So for me anyway, that, that's a, a big positive and I'm, I'm, I suppose you know if you if you're a creative as well, you, you'll you'll probably empathise and understand with a, a lot of what I've just been discussing there. So, what have I actually been doing then during that time? Well, I think when I last spoke to you, I was talking a little bit about going into to editing, and I think this is one of the the big lessons I've learned from undertaking this project is that more time needs to be allocated to the editing process. Not so much because more time is needed to actually do the edits, just because you need thinking time, you need processing time, you need brainstorming time. You also need some time off as well during that process um, because it's four rounds. It's quite, and, and I actually ended up doing more, it's quite hefty and severe and, and it's quite draining on your mind, your creative part of your mind if you're constantly thinking about your story and, and, and doing your edits, especially those big picture edits where you're you're looking at character arcs, you're looking at the whole story, the whole plot, and how things interconnect. And when you make small changes at one part, you know, the whole ripple effect, it has uh, big ramifications later on or earlier on in the story, and you have to follow that ripple all the way through to the end and, and correct anything that might be out of sync as a result of that that small change you initially made. And so, yeah, I, I found that that whole process really, really difficult. Part of it is because in my head, I wanted to, when I got my, my edits back from Emma, I wanted to improve upon every single thing that she suggested perhaps could be looked at. And I wasn't being selective enough or focused enough on my own original vision for the story and I was being waylaid and diverted off on all these different paths and a lot of them were conflicting paths as well which made it very difficult for me to come to a a firm and certain decision about a lot of the editorial vision for the story so that that in itself was was down to me and something that I've learned a lesson from and hopefully I'll be able to correct again in the future because you know Notwithstanding having had uh, a lot of editorial feedback before uh, via various means, that was the first time I'd done it for a book that I knew was going to be published and it had such a short timescale and so on that I was, I guess I was just putting a lot of pressure on myself and it took me a while to work through all that. But I did eventually and I think, as I say, uh, I got through the developmental part of it and what I had to do actually in the end and this is this is a uh, good advice if you find yourself in a similar position. What I had to do in the end was just accept that I wasn't going to be able to follow all of those rabbits down all of those holes and and correct and perfect every single strand in the story. There, there's just things that you you kind of have to leave because if you tug at them, it unravels other parts of the story, and you've got to just say, okay, 
it's maybe imperfect that that particular aspect but there's there's little point me me um, removing that or changing that because it's got bigger ramifications which will actually weaken the story overall and um, so you know there's there's a balancing act to be had there with the edits so yeah developmental editing was a real challenge for me and, and as i say went through more than one round of that as a result I think when we went on to line and copy edits, things were a bit easier. Although, you know, you still have uh, challenges with certain sections, you know, uh, but parts have been suggested to be removed to speed up the pace of the novel. And sometimes you go with it and then other times you say, well, actually, I think this is core to character development or this is core to something that happens later in the novel and I need this in here at this point, even at the, the cost perhaps of it maybe slowing the pace of the novel a wee bit. And that's, uh, I guess, a, a decision you have to make as the author when you're getting suggestions from an editor on what to what to take and, and obviously what to maybe leave alone. And again, I, I, I started finding that easier the, the more I made those decisions to leave things alone. And that's, again, you know, whether you're, you're doing this independently or whether you're doing it with a, a publishing house editor. That's, I think, a, a good bit of advice to keep in mind when you're, you're going through that as well. Ultimately, you know the the story best. You know what has to be in there. You know it's at the heart of the story. And while the suggestions are almost always good, they they come from someone else who's looking at your story from the outside. And um, you've got to, as much as you take that on board, you've got to make the final call on your own. So, yeah, Line edits were okay. Copy edits, again, fine. A few things to alter, a few things to check, but um, I don't think anything that was earth-shattering, and so I managed to move through through those at a fairly rapid pace, and then uh, proofs were, were quite nice, actually. Proofs, um, just a few except uh, track changes and so on. Uh, so it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't too bad, actually. It's, it's funny because I, I guess I envisaged those last couple of steps as being much much bigger than than they actually were and it was nice it's nice when you know an editor says something like oh that wasn't too laborious and then i have to spend too much time in that i didn't have to make too many changes or whatever um because that that i guess is some justification for all the time that you spent um doing self-editing in the past and uh, working on the manuscript in your own um i think that as well, this is a manuscript I've been working on for a, a number of years now. It's been through several iterations. It's had uh, previous edits and read-throughs and uh, beta feedback, which I'm going to talk about in a minute as well, that has helped shape it into you know something that's, I think, in reasonably good shape. So that that's obviously a factor too. And maybe if you're someone who, who has a draft that's not really been looked at much by, by anyone else, then you'd help maybe have a more extensive time with the various parts of your edits as well. But for me, I think now that I'm at the other end of it, I've, I've got a very different perspective in editing, I think, when my time comes again. And it will, whether that's via traditional pathway or the independent pathway that I'm going through now, I will have a, a different outlook, a different methodology and approach. And I think I'll, I'll be kinder to to myself through the process as well, and and allow it to not consume me in the in the same way that it has this time. So yeah, editing is now done. I'm glad to say, I 
even in the last few days, have been making small tweaks and changes. But I finally said to myself that that's enough for now. And I've moved on to, to other aspects of, of the publication process. And so just, yeah, just moving on to those various things. It's, it's quite a multifaceted uh, next step if you're, if you're publishing on your own independently. And there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of different skills that are involved in the next stage. So, you know, the editing, as much as it was, it was difficult for me, that's a, a core skill for, a, for an author, uh, whether you, you go through trad or, or, or self-publication. And so it's something that everyone's familiar with and they'll, they'll maybe understand and empathize. But the next stage is where traditionally authors, traditionally published authors would pass on their manuscript to their publication house. And aside from a few bits and pieces, the majority of their job is then done and the publication house takes over and they deal with all the various aspects I'm about to talk about now. But these are skills that I've had to learn and these are tasks I've had to implement in order to progress with publishing my novel and it's it's been a steep learning curve I've read a lot of blog posts I've watched a lot of YouTube videos to to help me with these various things I signed up for two courses to to learn the aspects from people who who have done it a lot of times and I, I feel like I've, I've I'm on top of things now but there was a time there where I was looking at the long list of things I had to do in quite a short space of time. And I was questioning whether I a, had the time, B, the capacity and C, the skill set to to carry them out. And and as I say, I'm, I'm a little bit more on top of them now. So I'm, I'm feeling a bit more confident. And that's probably why I feel like I've got the headspace to, to record this episode uh, at this time as well. So that's um, that's what I've been working on. So just to go through each of the individual aspects in case you're interested and you maybe want to go down this road yourself and to talk through the skill sets and the, and the processes that are involved for, for those of you who are interested. So the first thing I had to look at was when I upload, when you upload your manuscript to the two main places that you'll be uploading it to, which is Amazon KDP and Ingram Spark. For both of them, you require your cover, and that's a, a ebook cover, which is just obviously the front, and a paperback cover, which is front and back, uh, including the back matter, like the blurb and any cover quotes or, or similar that you've got there as well. Now, it's, it's more of a tricky process than uh, you might imagine because you have to have a finished manuscript in order to know. Uh, how many pages your book is and therefore how thick the book is and that has an impact on the the size of the spine and you know the the, the trim and the edges and you know and, and so on for your for your book and you obviously your illustrator or cover designer needs to then adjust the cover uh, based upon those measurements as well so there's been a bit of back and forth between myself and Jen who's the cover illustrator for this novel in the last few days to try and nail that down um, in order to get the page number upon which all these cover alterations and measurements depend upon, I had to format the novel and put it into a, a format, a state that would allow me to upload it and for it to be um, either distributed as an ebook or to be printed as part of the print and demand services that KDP and Ingram Spark have. So the the manuscript itself has to be formatted. Now, there's a couple of ways that you can do this. I know people who have just learned how to do format 
and they've done it maybe in a Microsoft Word document, and you know maybe uh, then exported it to to PDF at a later date uh, to then upload it on because it needs to be in PDF form for uh, Amazon KDP and Ingram Spark, and and actually I think Ingram Spark maybe accept Word docs as well, but. Regardless, they've had to learn the skill themselves, and um, and that <laughs> I can't imagine doing that. The amount of time and effort and research that must go into to doing that, because you know, being a formatter, that's that's a, a proper um, skill and job for an individual. So it's not like something you can just pick up in five or ten minutes. Uh, I know my, my friend Emma Bradley. I think she formats her books herself, and she said she spent a lot of hours and a lot of sweat and tears. Uh, learning how to do that so i just i i just didn't have the time or capacity to do that now luckily there are a couple of different formatting softwares out there depending on the the computer that you use so i i use a mac so the formatting software for mac is called vellum and it's a very very good formatting software i i really like it it's very intuitive it doesn't it's not too labor intensive in terms of once you upload your Word document to Vellum, it converts it into all the formats that you need for every single platform that you might want to publish on, whether that's Amazon or, or Google or or um, all the all the various platforms. I can't remember them all off the top of my head now. Got a bit of stage fright there, but uh, th- there's a number of different ones as well as the print uh, copy, which is all important as well. So that actually just does all that that process for you. You do have to spend a wee bit of time learning the the intricacies of it if you want to add things like you know contents, acknowledgements about the author page, you know a wee a wee title page as well, a copyright page, um, as well as just understanding how changes you make in the Vellum software have an impact on the the final PDF that it distributes at the other end or the EPUB file if it's for Kindle. Uh, so there's a bit of a, a learning curve to it, but it's nowhere near as much as if you learn how to manually format it. Now, I believe for Word, there's an equivalent called Atticus. I've never used it and I've not really looked it up, so I don't know too much about it. But if you use Word rather than, uh, sorry, not Word, if you use a PC rather than a, an Apple Mac, then you can go and look up Atticus. I think that's the, the equivalent software for a uh, PC. But Vellum's the one, as I say, that I use for uh, Mac. And I think it is Mac exclusive at the moment. So you can only uh, get it if you have an Apple Mac. In terms of price, I think it was I think it was just under £200 I paid for it. And that seems like a lot for formatting software, but that's a, a lifetime purchase. So I've, I've spent that money now and I'll, I'll never have to spend another penny on uh, formatting. So if I decide I'm going to self-publish three or five or ten books, then Obviously, over over the cost of all those books, uh, I'm, I'm saving. Um, there's a you know there's a bit of a an outlay initially, but you, you save in the long term. And as I say, for, for me anyway, I'm I'm looking at this as a long term thing. It's a a career. It's a an investment in in my writing and my books that are to come. So I'm I'm quite happy to to have that initial outlay. So that's formatting, and and as I say, that, that takes a while. It does take a while to do, but I have now got all of the the finished files that I want. Because and the thing is with formatting as well, it's like another layer of editing almost where you have to, you do still have to read through your manuscript again on the formatting software 
albeit maybe not as as in depth as you did for for edits, uh, to just check that everything is formatted properly. And when you upload them to KDP and Ingram Spark as well, there is a check that you can go through, a preview for both of them, and you can sort of check how it looks on those before you approve it for for print or for ebook, depending on which one you're doing uh, with the the various um, distributors. So. Yeah, there's there's a wee bit to do there, but um, for for me anyway, I've I've done that now and I've got my format and badge tick, and uh, yeah, that's all done. And and of course that the lead on of that is that I can then I've, I've, I was then able to let Jen know about the you know the spine the spine width according to the the page number and all the other little bits and bobs. So they have uh, now been uploaded and I've got the final cover from her, um, and and that's looking great as well. Uh, she's made a couple of wee. Sort of final alterations, which which I, I love as well. Uh, and I should actually mention at this stage uh, that I got a lovely cover quote from from Vashti, who uh, I know through Right Mentor, and who was kind enough to read an early copy of Ghost of Mars. And she gave uh, well, uh, you, you've probably seen the cover quote if you've seen my my Twitter feed, but or or follow my newsletter, but. She sent me a very long email and it was really, really nice. And it's it's one of those, I guess, one of those big moments uh, as a, an author. And, and when you're going through this route, especially, you don't get a lot of validation. If you're going trad, you've got your agent gushing about your book. You've got an editor who's had to convince a whole acquisitions team to to buy your book. And you've got loads of cheerleaders in your corner or, or certainly a few. Whereas going this indie route... Um, you're pretty much, you know, get the pom poms out yourself, cheering yourself along. So, to get that that level of validation, that that such nice comments from someone else was incredible, and it was a really nice moment for me actually. And and actually, as I'm speaking about it now, is the first time I've really, I think, taken it in. It's you know, the, the time I was just busy, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I can, you know, I need to do X, Y, Z next, blah blah blah, and blah. But um, it's it's a nice moment. Um, and what I've what I've discovered as well through asking various people if they'll, they'll read an early copy of the book is that if you have a pre-existing relationship with someone, then you've maybe done something for them in the past. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a reciprocal relationship like that. But if you have done something good for them in the past and helped them out or whatever, then you know it's like karma. These things tend to to come back, and I've been lucky that I've I've received um, some some love towards the, the book and people willing to read it a little bit early. Anyway, that's just a, a little aside and I'll talk a little bit more about uh, early readers in, in a short while. So I added the, the cover quote um, of Ashdate onto the cover as well and as I say, it's looking quite good now and it's uploaded to Ingram Spark and KDP now, which is awesome. Uh, the next step for me is uh, I've ordered a, a little proof copy which is printed now with the, the new spine and the new uh, width and so on, because uh, I bought a, a, an earlier uh, proof of the book, but things have changed in terms of page number and so on since then. So I'm just checking that it still looks good uh, when it's printed because it's obviously print on demand, which means that you don't necessarily get all of the copies copies identical when they get distributed to people. And the I guess that's one of the things you have to accept when you go print on demand is that there will be variability in terms of the quality and the finish of the the product, but um, as long as it's in the ballpark and it's very close to what I want, um, I'll, I'll approve that uh, very soon when I receive the the proof copy, and hopefully 
I can put it out for paperback pre-orders in the next week or two, which is really exciting because a lot of people have said that they want to wait to do the paperback pre-order rather than pre-ordering on the, the Kindle edition for the, the book. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get that out and hopefully get some some pre-orders in, get some people uh, reading the book, uh, paperback, and yeah, and just in getting it out into the world. Now, I, I made an alteration on my my launch date. Uh, I was supposed to go 16th of January, Monday the 16th, so in just under two weeks. But I decided just to give myself more breathing room, uh, to put a little bit less stress myself, to be kinder to myself in terms of the the build up. And because obviously I'm doing this on my own, and you know I'm accountable only to myself, I was able to do this, and I moved the publication date, the launch date, from Monday the sixteenth of January to Monday the thirteenth of February. And those extra four weeks have honestly made the world of difference. And I, I definitely think that the next time. I self-publish a book, I'll be looking at the timeline and obviously using my experience this time, but also using certain markers to then space out where things need to go in the timeline because I've not maybe done that as well. In fact, I know I haven't done that as well this time around as I, as I could have. And, and you know, that's obviously resulted in this little delay that I've had to put in. But... I think everyone understands and no one's sitting there thinking on the 16th of January, if only I had my Ghost of Mars book right now, they'll all, um, they'll all be quite happy to wait a few weeks, I'm sure. So yeah, take the pressure off yourself and just, uh, if you have to just put in a wee small delay, I think it's fine. And as I say, next time looking at the timelines, I maybe wouldn't put such a tight schedule on myself and, you know, just try and, give myself some space so I can enjoy it. It's supposed to be an enjoyable process. It's supposed to be about empowerment and doing things your own way. And, and that that should be enjoyable. It shouldn't feel like such a strain. And that's, again, something that I'm, I'm learning a lot through, through doing this process. So, yeah, the launch date has been moved. And speaking of launches, I have just published and announced the online launch for the book which is going to be on on the launch day uh, monday the 13th of february in the evening at 7 p.m if you fancy come along if you go to my twitter i think it's the pinned post on there if you go to the latest newsletter that i've sent out as well there's a link there for you to register and sign up to join us live for that if you don't think you can join us live in the the zoom room then you can follow on the right mentor youtube page i'm going to live stream it simultaneously and when you do a live stream on YouTube, it saves as a recording on there, which means that anyone can go back and watch it at their own leisure at a later date. And, and it, it saves you the hassle of sort of editing and uploading and moving around uh, video files for, for people that can just go straight onto YouTube and uh, they can watch it there if if you're so inclined to, to watch the, the, the launch. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, though. Um, Melissa and Florian have... Uh, kindly agreed to, to host it which means I've got a bit less responsibility and that's that's good to sort of distribute that because it's, it's, it is a lot of pressure doing the self-publishing gig so having someone else there to, to help you out and to take control of things is, is going to be a nice feeling I think on, on launch night so if you can join me come along for that we're going to do uh, some fun stuff we're going to have a wee chat we're going to talk a little bit about the book etc um, so anyone who fancies coming along, then you are very, very welcome, especially if you listen to this podcast. I'd love to uh, have you along for it. So that's four weeks away. And there's a wee bit of a build up to that 
um, because although the, the files are ready and it's almost ready to just press uh, publish and, and so on, I want to have a little bit of time where I can set up for pre-orders and you know and get people to pre-order the book and those will then obviously be through through the system and I'll, I'll maybe explain this more in a, a different video but uh, through um, the pre-order on Ingram Spark, uh, you, you then leave the paperback version on draft and KDP and then you you press publish on uh, publication day and then I think it distributes via the KDP print on demand uh, model. It's, it's a long story. I, I can explain it in a different episode in more depth but it means all the, those pre-orders go out just before or on uh, launch day which is very exciting so yeah that's why uh, i'm keen to have a wee bit of breathing spaces to have those pre-orders in place and for people to get excited and look forward to the book arriving and it also gives me time to uh, send out a few more copies um, maybe some paperback copies as well to some early readers and um, send out advanced reader copies or arcs as they are shortened to which is a part of the traditional publishing process and therefore I want to make it part of my my own process as well in terms of publishing the book because as I've, I've repeated many times before in this podcast I do want to make this process as close as I can to a traditional publishing process and not to skip steps um, or to to shortchange the, the the process, I just, I want to do it in, in line with how it'd be done at a traditional publisher, and so you know, obviously, arcs going out to to people who read it in advance is a, an important step, and hopefully, those who do read it uh, before publication will maybe give some reviews or tweet about it or uh, talk about um, if they've enjoyed it, which would be lovely, and obviously, that obviously builds up towards uh, publication day builds up some of the the hype if hype's the right word uh, surrounding the book so that's the the latest that's where where i'm up to um i'm going to distribute those arcs in the next week or two once i've just checked that that proof and that everything looks good i will be doing a little bit of marketing and publicity work as well. I'm going to get Florian to help me a little bit with that, but I'm just sort of trying to build awareness of the book to make sure that we get some some media outlets as well and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe get on a, a few blogs or you know other various places online and, and get a bit of a mention of the book in, in different places because I've got my, my own channels through which to talk about the book, but probably everyone on there already knows about it. I've, I've certainly mentioned it often enough. And so to get it to, through via different channels is, is what the, the plan is for the next few weeks and just increase awareness of it because, as they say, if you don't know about something, you can't uh, buy something and read something. So that's the the plan over the next few weeks or so and that'll um that'll keep me busy uh working all that out one thing that a couple of people have asked me about and it was something i toyed with a few weeks back was doing an in-person launch i at the moment i'm leaning towards not doing that and if i'm going to do it i obviously need to get a shimmy on and organize that in the next uh, few days but uh, just time and money and practicalities and so on mean that I might not be able to do that at this particular moment or even this time around with the novel, which is a shame, but it's just the the way things have worked out. Uh, again, if I was to have my time again and do all this all over, I would have had all the stuff that I've just done recently, done months ago, and therefore had the time and the energy to to organize an in-person lunch, lunch um 
down south maybe or in Glasgow or Edinburgh or somewhere up near near my way but I just haven't had the time for that um, and I think mentally that might just be a bit much um, and that again that's the the issue with with doing indie publishing as opposed to trad is um, a lot of this stuff I've just been talking about the the publisher would deal with and you could and, and that <laughs> this, this is another thing that I think um, I might burst some bubbles here but um, most of my trad published friends are not getting big launches arranged for them. You might see that for a few of the, the big hitters, but for most people, um, the, the publisher, if you ask them nicely, might give you 100 quid or 150 quid towards your, your book launch, but you essentially have to organize it yourself. Uh, so in that regard, I'm, I'm not really any uh, better off or worse off uh, through my particular pathway, but because of all those other things on my plate, um, it just means that the launch has not uh, quite taken the priority that I would have liked to have done. But, you know, that's that's just the way it is. I think with the, the, the indie way of life, you have to balance what is essential to do and what would be nice to do. And I've got to do the essentials and the, the nice stuff maybe has to, to be sacrificed in order to do that. So, you know, that's just that's just how it is. So that pretty much brings me up to date. Next up for me is, um, yeah, as I say, doing the publicity and marketing and seeing how much we can get the book out there and uh, spread the word about it. For, for those of you who are listening um, and who already are doing that and who are quote tweeting and retweeting uh, any mention I put of it online and who follow my newsletter and who maybe have even pre-ordered the, the Kindle version or are going to pre-order the paperback version when it comes out, I just want to say thank you for your support. It's always, always appreciated and never taken for granted. So thank you so much for doing that. And obviously, if you listen to the podcast and you want to ask me any questions or you want to say anything at all about what, what I discussed, then just reach out. You can uh, you can DM me on Twitter or just at me on Twitter or uh, send me an email, reply to my, my newsletter email that comes out. If you hit reply, it should uh, come come back to me again and you can talk to me about anything to do with self-publishing or, or going down the indie route, uh, which is which is an exciting route, but obviously involves a, a lot. Um, so it's also quite all-consuming, um, which, you know, on top of everything else in life, uh, can be quite a lot. But, yeah, I, I think I'll just uh, maybe finish off in a, a pondering of every... I think that anyone could self-publish. Anyone at all could self-publish. And I, I know I've talked about paying lots of people to do various things, but ultimately, you don't have to pay anything to, to self-publish a novel. And I think, as I say, anyone can do it. There's no um, there's no real limit to to or restriction on who can do it. I guess the, the big question when it comes to self-publishing is not whether you could self-publish a novel, it's whether you should. And for me, the answer was yes. It was a, a choice that I made rather than a different one. But it won't be for everyone. And, uh, you know, I enjoy learning new skills. I enjoy sitting, slogging out long, boring, repetitive tasks at times. And I know that that's a bit of an, an oxymoron <laughs> more on there saying I enjoy those things. But I, I, I do quite like that, I think. Um, it's in my, my personality type. But no, that's not for everyone. Uh, the other thing, of course, is the business side of things. And that's a that's another thing actually I, I haven't mentioned that I've sorted out in the last few weeks is uh, setting up the business and the bank account and so on for my indie publishing 
uh, business because you have to keep track of any money you earn. You have to keep track of money that goes out. And if you treat it like a business, then there's a lot of um, relief and savings and tax and things that you can do if you set up a a business and uh, a bank account that's associated with that rather than, as a lot of people do, just paying the money into their own personal account. And then it gets all messy in terms of you know your personal allowance for your income and working it out at tax time and so on. Uh, and and you, you don't get the benefits as well of um, different things businesses can do with tax. And that, I guess that's another uh, another episode right there talking about all those little, uh, little aspects and nuances of uh, the business side of things. But yeah, you've got to have that kind of mind. And, and so as much as uh, indie and self-publishing can be for everyone, it, it's not necessarily for everyone because of the, the reasons I've just outlined. So anyway, I'm, I'm getting to that stage where I'm starting to rabbit on. So I'm going to I'm gonna call it quits there. Um, but thanks so much for, for listening to the latest episode of the 1100 Project. And I'll see you all next time. May the force be with you. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate every one of you who makes it all the way through one of my monologued episodes and gets to the very end so if you've got this far well done and just know that i appreciate that you are sticking with it all the way through if you want to find out more about me or about my book you can go to stuartwhiteauthor.co.uk or you can catch me up on social media all of my handles are stuartwhitewm so if you go to instagram tiktok Twitter. You'll find me there as Stuart White WM. I'll see you all over there. And don't forget to subscribe to this YouTube channel so that you can catch all the future episodes or to subscribe on your podcast provider to make sure that you get all of the new episodes straight to your device. You can also sign up to my newsletter which is in the text below and that will enable you to get the first look and insights into the journey. Thanks again for listening.